Good afternoon, and welcome to Terratech's third quarter 2020 financial results conference call. My name is Phil Carlson from KCSA Strategic Communications. A replay of this call will be available at www.smallcapvoice.com, and it will be archived on the Investor Relations section of the Terratech website. Before we begin, please let me remind you that during the course of this conference call, Terratech's management may make forward-looking statements. These forward-looking statements are based on current expectations that are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. These risks are outlined in the risk factor section of our SEC filings. Any forward-looking statements should be considered in light of these factors. Please also note, as a safe harbor, any outlook we, represent, we present is as of today. Management does not undertake any obligation to revise any forward-looking statements in the future. With me on the call today are Mr. Mike Nahas, Terratech's Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Jeffrey Batliner, Terratech's Chief Financial Officer. With that, I would now like to hand it over to Mr. Nahas. Mike, please go ahead. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining today's call. Yeah, as some of you know, I served Terratech since its inception in several different roles, Chief Operating Officer, Secretary, Treasurer, Director, President, and now in my capacity as CEO, I want to introduce myself, update you on the events of the past few months, and our outlook for the remainder of the year in 2021. On today's call, we're going to discuss our different business units, our strategy to produce a lean, cost-effective business that will bring shareholder value. As we're all too aware, 2020 has brought with it several challenges. However, along with working our way through the upheaval, and have a, we have a strong vision for the future, and I'm excited to share, with it, to share it with you today. Let's go over the background on the, on the recent months. Our performance this year has been impacted by social and civil unrest, as well as COVID-related obstacles. Despite this, our underlying assets remain strong, and we're confident in our ability to leverage them and grow revenue as patients and customers adapt to the new normal. We opened our Bloom San Leandro retail facility on July 15th, following its burglary on May, 20, uh, May 31st. And Bloom Oakland, which had been closed for repairs following its May 29th burglary, reopened on October 3rd. Due to the amount of damage that it took, it took us a little that we had. It took us a little longer than expected to, to finalize the to finalize the uh, rebuild, considering the civil unrest that we saw in that area. Since San Leandro was only contributing revenues for part of the quarter and Oakland didn't reopen until after the end of the quarter, our Q3 financials were not as strong as we would have liked them to be. That being said, we're delighted to see that sales in both stores are picking up as customers and patients return to them. Our cultivation and manufacturing facilities in Nevada continue to sell wholesale cannabis throughout the quarter. Our brands remain popular at dispensaries across the state. Our team in Nevada has done an extraordinary job increasing revenue this quarter by over 30% versus last year, and for the first nine months of the year, greater than 25% respectively. Another positive note, our Hagenberger Cultivation Facility in Oakland is in the final stages of its construction and expected to become operational by the end of 2020. This is a really exciting project for us as it will enable us to broaden our selection of IPXX branded cannabis flower and concentrates to more patients and consumers across California. We expect the Hagenberger facility to produce between five and six million in revenue in 2021, giving us a higher top line number as well as greater margins in our California store. Stores, sorry. So while it certainly has been a challenging year so far, we're encouraged by the progress we're making and believe there will be many opportunities to grow the value of the business in the near future. 
despite the volatile market, we have seen we have we have made solid progress executing our strategy to streamline our cost effective our cost structure and refocus our business around our THD brand. In addition to significantly reducing overheads, we are making several strategic asset sales, which will bring in capital to fund our expansion. Given this progress, I'm pleased with the, pro- with the positioning of Terratech as, as we transition the company through the next chapter of its evolution. Let's talk about the capital generation. Hydrofarm, which is a manufacturer of hydroponic equipments, which we have a significant stake in, which we've, we've discussed in p- previous quarters. We invested $5 million in 2018. We purchased 2 million shares and a million warrants. Hydrofarm has performed very well since then, growing their sales and expanding their footprint. We expect the company to go public in the next few weeks and, and, position, on the capi- and position themselves to capitalize on the excitement that's going on in the equity markets over in the cannabis sector. We've seen four more states legalize adult use and two, two states legalize medical cannabis in this week's election, we think this will bode well for Hydrofarm's, Hydrofarm's business and the, and the industry ex- continued as the, continue, the continuing expansion of the industry. We'll use any, any of the cash generated from this investment to execute on our growth strategy. Let's talk about the sale of assets. We have, uh, we have completed, we're completing the sale of our three bloom locations in Nevada. Our other non-core assets that are in the process of being sold include our Carnegie Avenue property with the additional cannabis license attached, our property on 4th Street in Fremont and Las Vegas, and the Stake and Healing Tree Collective, which we expect will contribute to our cash balance. All, all encompassing, we expect to have $20 million in the next six months or so and in excess of that in the next 12. With this anticipated cash injection, as well as our streamlined cost structure, I believe that there will be plenty of scope to make operational changes that will further strengthen the company's fundamentals at this crucial time. We intend to capitalize on the popularity of our IBXX products and our Bloom retail stores to grow market share and, and further entrench our cannabis brands in, Calif- in the California market, which is one of the largest cannabis markets in the world. Our plans include to open new cannabis facility at Dyer Road in Santa Ana, which is a unique concept that we believe will resonate well with customers and enable us to generate sales without being constrained by social distancing measures, and we think it's the best, uh, the best location in Southern California, especially in Orange County. We also expect to ramp up IBEX wholesale revenue starting early 2021 as the Hagenberger Cultivation Facility will be up and running by that time. Over the past several months, we have continued to sell IVEX products through third-party dispensaries and are pleased to see them continue to resonate well in both medical and adult use markets and are confident that scaling our cultivation will bring new opportunities to grow sales. Before I turn the call over to Jeff Batliner, I want to, I want to walk through the financials. Uh, for him to walk through the financials, I just want to comment briefly on our one core subsidiary. As mentioned on previous calls, we're pivoting away from the CBD arm of the business this is a strategic response to the changing market dynamics, including the COVID-19 pandemic, which forced many retailers to delay purchase orders in the CBD market. Given the popularity of both our Bloom and IVEX brands, it's become clear to everyone that Terratech must focus on growing its THC business in order to maximize near-term revenues as well as long-term sustainability. Given the volatile and the market dynamics at play, it makes sense for the company to leverage our well-established niche that we have that we have established in the THC market to build shareholder value. For this reason, we're working towards discontinuing the one core subsidiary. 
Now I'll turn the call over to Jeff, and we'll, talk, we'll walk you through the financials for the third quarter. Thanks, Mike, and good afternoon. For the three months ended September 30th, 2020, we generated revenues of $3.05 million, compared to $5.48 million for the three months ended September 30th, 2019. This was a decrease of $2.42 million, or 44.3%. As Mike mentioned, the decrease was due to the combined impact of COVID-19 and civil unrest. The COVID-19 has reduced our customer traffic and hence our sales volume. While the civil unrest resulted in the damage and closure of one of our dispensaries for half the month of July and the other for the entire third quarter. Our gross profit for the third quarter of 2020 was $1.44 million compared to a gross profit of $3.18 million for the third quarter 2019. This was a decrease of $1.74 million, or 54.8%. The decrease in gross margin was mainly due to our revenue decrease, but was also impacted by a higher cost of sales. Uh, the cost of sales were neg negatively impacted by lower customer traffic, which led to suboptimal purchasing volume, which in turn pushed up unit costs. Our selling general and administrative expenses for the three months ended September 30, 2020, were $5.59 million. This is compared to $9.32 million for the three months ended September 30, 2019. So the decrease of $3.73 million, or 40%. Now, the decrease was primarily due to the following items, a $880,000 decrease in salaries and wages, a $825,000 decrease in legal expenses, a $780,000 decrease in options expense, $520,000 decrease in professional fees, a $300,000 decrease in, in bank service charges, a $220,000 decrease in insurance expense, and a $190,000 decrease in advertising and promotional expense. In summary, the SG&A expenses for the quarter were down significantly from the same quarter last year as a result of a smaller operations footprint and less corporate spending in support of that smaller operations footprint. Other operating expenses increased by $10.5 million and this was due to goodwill and intangibles impairment charges, which stemmed from our annual goodwill and intangibles review. We realized an operating loss of $13.94 million for the three months ended September 30, 2020, compared to an operating loss of $5.41 million for the three months ended September 30, 2019. This was an increase in the loss of approximately $8.84 million. Other expense for the three months ended September 30, 2020, was 160,000. This was down by 2.54 million, or 94.2%, compared to a 2.7 million dollar expense for the three months ended September 30, 2019. This was attributable to lower interest expense here in 2020, and a loss on a sale of an asset in 2019. For our discontinued operations, we realized an operating loss of $4.2 million for the third quarter of 2020. This was an increase in the loss of $3.39 million over the third quarter of 2019, when we had a loss of $810,000. This year-over-year -year change is primarily due to the impairment of the OneCore assets here in 2020. 
in total, we incurred a net loss of 18.16 million or nine cents per share for the three months ended September 30th, 2020, compared to a net loss of 8.78 million or eight cents per share for the three months ended September 30th, 2019. Management will continue its efforts to lower operating expenses and increase revenue. We will continue to invest in further expanding our operations and a comprehensive marketing campaign with the goal of accelerating the education of potential clients and promoting our name and our products. Given the fact that most of the operating expenses are fixed or have a quasi-fixed nature, management expects that as revenue increases, those expenses as a percentage of revenue will significantly decrease. With that, I'd like to turn the call back over to Phil for the question and answer session. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, first question, Mike, is OneCore still a part of the business? Yeah, OneCore is still part of the business. We are winding it down. It's, it's not as easy as flipping a switch. Uh, we'll, we'll be complete with, uh, with the wind down, we hope, by year end, and, you know, unless something weird happens in between now and then, which we've experienced a lot of this year. So our, our expectation is to have it closed out by year end. Okay, uh, question number two, um, what products will be made out of Hagenberger? So Hagenberger is a cultivation facility, and only flour gets, gets manufactured there. So, I mean, you can do joints and, you know, and bags and things like that out of there, but what it gives us is the ability to have excess flour available, which uh, enhances our concentrate business as well and our oil business. So mainly flour will come out of there, but it will give us a more broad product mix to sell both wholesale and retail and give us greater margins from there in our California stores. Okay. Uh, third question. Now that cannabis passed legalization in New Jersey, what would Terratech's strategy be to expand it in the state, if at all? Well, we, when Murphy got elected, we applied in New Jersey and, you know, we were ready to roll and then everybody knows the history thereafter. So, you know, we will monitor what's going on with the legislation there. And, you know, we have a few partnerships in New Jersey and have history there, as you know. So we'll, you know, we'll monitor as, as things change in, what, you know, when the application process starts, what, how they're going to expand the medical footprint as well as the adult use, and we'll, we'll act accordingly. I mean, we want to be in that business there. It just depends on, on how, much, how much capital risk is there and, and, what the, and what the restrictions and the barrier to entry to doing business in Jersey is. Okay. Uh Last question, can you give a little guidance on current assets and where you see the company in 12 months? Sure. I'll, uh, I'll reiterate a little bit on, you know, what we did before. Oakland, we have a fully vertical facility, up and running, complete vertical. You know, it's uh, manufacturing, wholesale, uh, distribution, and retail. And uh, then we have San Leandro, which is just a retail location with other licenses attached as well, which we plan on expanding in the near future, but we're not, it's not on the slate right now. Nevada will continue to do cultivation and manufacturing. Our team has done great over there. They've increased revenues and margins there. Things have really, really, really turned the corner in Nevada for our wholesale business, so we're excited about that. Uh, Hagenberger's coming online, which will be, you know, which will produce six, five to six million bucks in revenue next year and, you know, and increase our margins at all our California locations as well as our wholesale distribution will be increased. And, uh, and Dyer Road, which is our 45,000-square-foot building that we own, we bought two years ago, and uh, we think it's the best location in Southern California, 
it's the only location that's on a main street in Santa Ana, which is also the only city in Orange County that has legal cannabis. So, yeah, retail-wise. So we're, we're very excited about that as well. We think that's going to be a, a home run when we get it up and running. To fund all of that, we have the Hydra Farm public offering, which should be coming in a few weeks. We expect to see a, a nice return on that, considering the comps that are out there and, and the excitement in the space. The Nevada sales are close to complete. We expect by year-end those will all be done, and we'll, we'll get money within you know, within the next six months on some of that, and then the remainder of that just post that. And, the, you know, the expectation is we'll have about $20 million bucks in cash over the next six months, and then more to come thereafter. Strengthen our balance sheet, you know, secure, you know, secure the business, give us more stable environments to work off of, and then grow from there. So that's, that's, the, that's the gist of current assets and what the future is going to look like. And, you know, if there's, you know, Anything else on that, you know, please dig in more, Bill. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. I'll turn it back over to you for your closing remarks. Well, thank you again, all of you, for joining us today. This is really an exciting time in the evolution of TerraTech. Uh, looking ahead, we remain focused on improving the fundamentals of our THC business in California and Nevada. And we want to maximize our near-term revenues and a long-term sustainable growth for the company for the future. We continue to sell our popular IVEX brand products, at a, a wholesale products, and remain committed to growing our presence as a leading player in the cannabis market. With Bloom Oakland and San Leandro both up and running, we expect our near-term revenue growth, continued contribution from our Nevada facilities, followed by the ramp-up in 2021 of Hagenberger and Dyer locations that should contribute to sales and, more importantly, profit for the company. Moreover, the, the impending asset sales, we we expect to, our balance sheet to be significantly improved, which together with our lean, efficient cost structure will provide us with a solid foundation to build shareholder value. With that, we'll close for now, and thank you all for your time and appreciate your patience and your trust.